Now, if you're experiencing a parent-child allegiance, we want to encourage you to face it now and don't avoid the issue, even if it's painful and hard to talk about. Parent-child allegiances will gain more and more momentum and strengthen over time, and that makes it harder to resolve and rebalance the relationships the way you really want to. The sooner you deal with this, the easier it's going to be for everyone. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your stepfamily from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds, understanding the kids' perspective, romance and partnership, parenting with great teamwork, and yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Hey everyone, it is so good to be joining you as usual for episode 63 here on the Blended Family Coaching Show. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. always fun to dive in with you guys. Hey, uh, we are so grateful. We've Mm -hmm. passed our goal of 50 ratings over on (laughs) Apple Podcasts. Now, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a rating. And if you have a few extra minutes, please leave a review. We'd love to hear uh, how this podcast is impacting you, Uh, whether it's really helping you or whether you're finding that it's not connecting with you. That's okay. We want to hear that Mm -hmm. feedback regardless. So love to hear your honest review over there. And we thank you so much for communicating to that. But let's dive into what we're talking about today. Yeah, well, we've been talking about this topic for four weeks now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a deep topic. (laughs) It is. And we've done a deep dive on parent-child allegiances. And we've explored some of the emotional barriers that bio parents have to face. Mm -hmm. And we also talked about those easy wrong turns that step parents need to overcome if you want to rebalance the relationships and elevate your marriage as the foundation of your home. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. And it's a great goal. But it is going to take some work Hmm. because this typically isn't easy for couples to navigate, (laughs) not as individuals. I mean, that can be really challenging dealing with your roles and facing all of the emotions and the frustrations that come with the parent-child allegiance. But it's also difficult as a couple to build unity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've said it many times and we're going to say it again. The key to overcoming a parent-child allegiance is unity. unity. Yes, as a couple. That's <laughs> it's right. It's not easy. But yes, we each need to do what it takes to handle our own individual issues and work through them instead of avoiding them. Mm-hmm. But we've also got to learn how to work as a team to support each other so that we can become effective parenting partners. Mm-hmm which is really going to help alleviate that stranded stranger frustration when the step-parent feels stuck on the outside and that trapped teammate pressure of the bio-parent stuck on the inside just trying to keep everyone happy. (laughs) So this is your goal, to gradually reduce parent-child allegiances and at the same time get on the same page around the parenting issues that might be going on in your home. Yeah. And again, this is not easy. Mm -hmm. 
And maybe you've been listening to all of this and you're thinking, this sounds impossible for you. <laughs> it did for us for a We've while. We've been yeah. there. <laughs> but we're here to give you some hope and some strategies that'll get you headed in the right direction. We know this because we've lived out these strategies <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we've had to really work hard to get united and move beyond the parent-child allegiance between me and my daughter, Annika. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If we can do it, yeah, you, you can, can do, do it, it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of these are all about the strategies that the two of you will want to use behind closed doors when the kids aren't around. But we'll also share some strategies you'll be able to start using as a team with the kids and in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's dive in and we're going to talk about five practical strategies you can use to build more teamwork. And we believe that one of the first things every step couple must do is have an honest discussion about what you each care about the most. Mm -hmm. And we call this strategy defining your desired destinations. Yep. If you've been around us at all, you've heard this term, oh, desired yeah. destinations. <laughs> now, if you're going to lead your step family forward first, you kind of got to figure out where it is you want to go, right? Mm, that's true. <laughs> we always encourage step couples to take some time and identify their desired destinations. And this is so important because if you aren't intentional about where you're headed as a family you'll probably end up somewhere you really didn't want to be. Mm. And we call that the default future. Yeah, and you we, don't want to no, end up there. We yeah. don't want that for you. So here are some crucial things that you want to consider together as you're having this discussion. First, what do you want relationships to look like in your step family? Mm. Also, what kind of atmosphere do you want to create in your home? And what are the values that you want to teach and model to your children and your stepchildren? Yeah, those are great questions to ask. Mm -hmm. And exploring these questions really is a process that's going to take a little time. But your family is so worth the investment of that time and energy. Definitely. So you want to communicate and work together to explore what's most important to each of you and then clearly define how you'll lead your family toward your desired destination. Now, one of the reasons why this is so important is because with blended families, you're merging two different cultures. Oh, so challenging. <laughs> it is, yeah. Each of those cultures has separate histories. There's different routines they're used to, different priorities, different expectations, and of course, different styles of parenting and decision making, oh, yeah. right? So the goal is to get everything out on the table. What are the important values, the character traits, the life skills that we really want for our family and for our kids? Then we can organize and prioritize all of that in a way that's going to honor both of you. And it helps you to develop a plan to lead your kids well as a united team toward those desired destinations. Mm -hmm. Now, again, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about this before, and you've probably heard us talk about implementing what we call a code of conduct for your home. And that's all values based. And the code of conduct and the desired destinations are really closely connected together. We're focused on these values and character traits and life skills rather than a whole bunch of rules. 
Yeah. Right. There's a lot of reasons that we encourage this uh, approach. When we jump into, you know, being in blended family life together, it's really common for us to want to stack a whole new set of rules on the kids and for the household. Let's fix it all. And it's usually a pretty long list. (laughs) But the problem is that long list of rules actually is counterproductive to what we want because it breaks down step relationships, right? The kids are going, we only have to do this because the step parent says we have to do it, right? But what we want to do is we want to protect those step relationships. We, we want to try to help the kids not have that assumption about where we're headed. And the reality is it's not just about the step relationships, but often this long list of new rules, even if they yeah. agree to it in the beginning or kind of early on, usually the bio parent can become overwhelmed uh, with it. So overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching you get a bit overwhelmed with all the things I wanted to implement all the rules, in our yeah. home. Yeah. Because really what we try to help couples understand is that especially early on, the one who needs to enforce all the rules is the bio parent. So if there's a whole lot of new stuff coming at them that they're supposed to be the rule police around, they're going to be overwhelmed. And usually it's going to appear like they're dropping the ball to that yeah. step parent because they're going, wait, I thought we agreed to this. But that overwhelm just robs them of the ability to really be consistent. Yeah, it can be especially difficult for a bio parent with limited time with their kids. That's it, right. If you only have a certain amount of time, you don't want to be the rule police. Totally. Yeah. Now, There's other times where maybe the bio parent doesn't fully agree, right? Like Mm -hmm. I said, sometimes early on we think, yeah, yeah, these are all great rules. We need to put them in place. But after (laughs) a little bit of time, the bio parent is going, you know, I'm not so sure this is that big of a deal. And now there's inconsistency and there's more room for conflict. Yeah, It inevitably creates conflict because the bio parent may not be completely open with their partner that, hey, I don't know that I'm going to keep enforcing this one. So we've got to figure out how we're going to get on the same page, be really honest with each other about where we're going to focus and where we're not going to focus. And that helps us build our desired destinations and our code of conduct. And eventually, step couples, you know, if they don't do that, they may end up just giving up on the house rules because it just becomes too exhausting and and it's too hard to stay consistent. So we've got to find a different way. Yeah. And a lot of times the kids get overwhelmed with a whole bunch of new rules too. If they've never had these expectations before, it can be really frustrating for them as well. Yeah. So the process that we want to encourage every couple to engage in is really a crucial step in building unity as that couple. And that's defining those desired destinations and getting really clear about where you're headed, who you're becoming as a family, and then create the code of conduct based on the values, the character traits, and the life skills that are most important to both of you. We see couples struggling to get on the same page when they just haven't taken this step because they're heading in two different directions. They're each trying to lead their little bio unit within the family from two very different perspectives and two sets of priorities. And they end up wasting a lot of time actually battling each other for control and disagreeing about what's most important. But as a result, the whole family ends up feeling confused and disconnected. And that's just not where you want to be. 
you're, you're likely not going to get where you really want to go if you don't figure out how to clearly define your desired destinations and your code of conduct. And you'll end up in that default future yeah. and probably experience a lot of, of regret. Yeah. Now, there's lots of information out there about parenting and getting on the same page. You can read books and read blogs and listen to podcasts like you're doing right now. You can do all kinds of great research out there and you'll probably make some progress. In fact, we even have a couple of blog articles out there about transforming your blended family's future, how to implement this code of conduct, and those things will get you started. But if you really want some support and you want to fast track your results, you might consider joining our online workshop called Step Families That Make It. Now, this is a great thing. If you've been thinking about reaching out to us for some extra support, this is a simple way to get mm-hmm. some extra help and kind of try us on a yeah. bit for less than 50 bucks. I mean, it's $49. And in the workshop, we're going to walk you through this process step by step. Mm-hmm. And by the end, you'll be engaging your family in a values-based code of conduct that's going to steer you toward those desired destinations that you really want. And you'll have clear behavioral expectations for the whole family, which keeps things simple and a lot easier to enforce than a big, long list of rules. Now, however you decide to go about it, you can do that research or you can join us in this workshop. If you really want to operate as a united front and begin to reverse those parent-child allegiances, you're going to need to communicate with each other about what you really want for your family's future and strategically be able to communicate your expectations to the kids. Defining your desired destinations, getting that code of conduct in place is only the starting point. And that brings us to our next strategy, (laughs) which is once you have that, you can begin to plan your response. So that's strategy number two, plan your response. And this is all about being proactive in how you deliver those parenting decisions to the kids. This is where the bio parent is ready to take action because it's really up to them to utilize their parental authority to uphold your family's code of conduct. And at the same time, protect the step relationships that you've entered into. You'll especially need to be careful around how you handle these new expectations or decisions that you've made because, you know, the kids are probably going to push back against that, right? Because although you've been making some United decisions behind closed doors, you're becoming a United team. When the bio parent comes out to deliver that information, the kids really don't necessarily want to hear it. (laughs) And sometimes that adds stress. Or if the step parent is too involved into this, it can actually damage their relationship with the step parent. Yeah, you definitely want to be strategic around all of this. And that's why we want to plan a response. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example of how this worked in our family. Pretty early on in our journey, Mike and I made the decision together that we would hold Annika to a higher expectation around cleanliness in the shared areas of the house. Yeah. And this was a new expectation for her, and it was based on our family value of respect. Mm -hmm. Because Mike found it disrespectful when he had to live in the middle of her messy clutter and all of the stuff she'd leave everywhere. Yeah. So as the bio parent, I delivered this new expectation to Annika. And I said something like, listen, honey, respecting the space in our home is something we value in our family. So from now on, I'd like you to put your things away in your room rather than leaving them all over the living room and kitchen. Mm. 
And I had this conversation with Annika alone. Mike was not present. Right. Now, the reason for this is because I didn't want Annika to blame Mike for the new expectation mm-hmm. or any of these decisions that maybe she wasn't very excited about. Right. <laughs> so the bio parent, they can withstand the disapproval and the disappointment because they already have that tight bond with their kids. Mm-hmm. But if their kids associate every new expectation or unpopular decision directly with the step parent, you know, if your kids are saying, you're just doing this because he wants you to. <laughs> Which you heard from Annika yes, a few times. Yes, yes. Yeah. Then this could possibly erode the positive progress being made, or it could even sabotage the step relationship. So mm-hmm. bio parent needs to be willing to protect the step-parent in, yep. the, in these situations. Well, protect the relationship between right. the step-parent and the step-child. Exactly. Yeah. But if you have a child that does react this way and says something like that to you, you can respond compassionately. Mm-hmm. Something like, you're right, honey. Things are changing, and I can see this is hard for you. I'd be upset, too. Things are different now. And although Mike and I are making decisions together... I'm in agreement, and I do expect you to put your things away and respect our home. Yeah, that's right. So you want to let the child know that you believe in this decision, you're behind it, and you're ready to uphold it. Mm -hmm. If the bio parent is unwilling to do this, and the step parent jumps in and takes over, the results can be disastrous. Mm -hmm. Depending on each child's history and feelings towards the step parent, they might respond with even stronger resistance and possibly build up stronger resentments towards their step parent. That's right. So, bio parents, you'll need to plan your response, and you can do this with your spouse. Your spouse can definitely mm-hmm. support you. But decide how you're going to handle parenting decisions and plan for the possibility of pushback from your yeah. kids. And in fact, you should expect a little pushback from your kids. <laughs> I'd be right. surprised if you didn't get a little <laughs> pushback. But you know what? They can handle it. And mm-hmm. so can you. Mm-hmm. You will need to communicate your parenting decisions and respond in a way that protects the step relationships right. and so, uphold your family's code of conduct. Right. So you plan your response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that strategy goes hand in hand with our next strategy, which is using a parenting pause. Oh, a parenting pause. Yes. Mm. This strategy is really simple, but it challenges us in one specific area. And that is the feeling that every decision we need to make about parenting needs to be done Immediately, Immediately. right now. Yeah, we put pressure on ourselves. I'm not sure why we do that. The truth is, whether we're trying to answer a child's question or request, or if we're trying to figure out how to respond to their misbehavior, we don't always have to react to that in the moment. Mm -hmm. We can take a parenting pause to evaluate the situation and collaborate with our spouse. That's right. So here's an example. When my daughter got a little older, she'd often come directly to me with requests. And let's just say she would come and ask me for some money to go do something. Oh, that never happens to teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And even though she expected me to give her an immediate answer on the spot, I would take a parenting pause and say something like this. Hmm, I'll need to think about that and get back to you, honey. 
So rather than making a decision directly with Annika, which would encourage a parent-child mm-hmm. allegiance, yep. I'd take a pause so that I could discuss the decision with Mike behind closed doors. I would invite him in. Yeah, because we were learning to live on a budget. That's right. And you making that decision just explicitly with Annika deepened that parent-child allegiance because usually those requests were outside the budget. Yeah, yeah, and it would impact you. Mm. So this can be challenging for a bio parent that's used to giving their kids an immediate answer. And it can be challenging for the kids to now be asked to wait. (laughs) But every time you make decisions with your kids and neglect to discuss them with your spouse or leave them out, you're setting yourself up to experience that trapped teammate, stranded stranger dynamic, and you're strengthening the parent-child allegiance. So honey, if you could just take a minute and describe the before and the after difference you felt internally around the parenting pause when I finally started doing that. Yeah. I mean, you said way earlier in this episode that you and Annika had a parent-child allegiance. And I really felt that because I felt the stranded stranger feeling stuck on the outside on a regular basis that you guys were just calling the shots, making the decisions. And I'm going, wait, I thought I was the husband, right? (laughs) And, And so this was a big part of it because you had that urge to have an immediate response. Well, I got to give her an answer or I have to respond to whatever she's doing in the moment. But it took us a little while. And after a while, you started realizing, well, you know what? Maybe I can wait an hour or even a day to give her the response. Yeah, the world doesn't fall apart. (laughs) Exactly. And then all of a sudden you started making a shift to, you know, pressing pause. And then you would come to me and say, hey, Annika made this request. She wants some money for, you know, whatever, a swimsuit or something. And I know it's not in the budget. Can we talk about that? How can we how can we go about this? Just the fact that you took the time to come to me and allow me to give some input in the conversation and connect with you about it. I felt like I was part of the team. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I was included in the discussion instead of feeling excluded yeah. so much of the time. Yeah. And that was very respectful. Mm -hmm. That felt very respectful to me. I felt like I mattered. Whereas before, I really kind of didn't feel like I mattered. Mm -hmm. I was a stranded stranger. I was stuck on the outside. But when you started doing that more and more with me, it helped to reduce that feeling of being a stranded stranger. And I started to feel more unified with you around all kinds of decisions, especially around those decisions that had to do with parenting and Ultimately, I think we made better decisions as a team when we started building that teamwork than either of us would have made as individuals. Yeah, a lot of the decisions I made on the spot, I would later regret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The bottom line is that you don't have to respond immediately to every request. You can begin to train the kids to be patient, even when they might get frustrated and say something like my daughter used to say to me. Why do you need to talk to Mike about this? You can decide for yourself, can't you? Oh, gosh. Trying to convince you about that, yeah. And to that, I'd confidently respond, I'm sorry it's hard for you to have to wait for an answer, honey. But Mike is my husband, and I'd prefer to talk things over with him before making a decision. So I'd just be really matter-of-fact. Then if Mike and I later discussed her request and we decided that the answer would be no, Mm -hmm. 
I'd be the one to let Annika know the answer. Mm-hmm. And if she tried to blame Mike, or if she questioned the decision, I'd say something like, you know, honey, I'm sorry you're feeling disappointed. I did talk to Mike about it, but really this is my decision and I feel that this is best. And I just leave it at that. Again, I would take the brunt of her disappointment and protect Mike. Eventually, Annika learned that she wouldn't be able to put me on the spot anymore. (laughs) She (laughs) wouldn't get me to make a decision that favored her on the spot without discussing it with my husband first. And she began to accept my parenting pauses. She -hmm. really did. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also use the parenting pause when there's a violation in the code of conduct and a consequence is needed. You can say, honey, I'm wondering how leaving your stuff all over the living room upholds our value of respect. It's a bummer you made that choice, and now you'll have to have a consequence. I need some time to think about what your consequence will be. I'll get back to you on that. Hmm. Now, in the pause time, I discuss things with Mike, and we come up with a consequence together. Mm-hmm. Then I would be the one to deliver the consequence and make sure it was carried out. Again, protecting Mike's relationship with Annika because it was fragile. It was still developing, whereas my relationship with Annika was solid and I was slowly reclaiming my parental authority. So mm-hmm. this was something I really needed to do. That's right. And and because we'd been working on our desired destinations and planning our response mm-hmm. and actually getting united around how we were going to go about parenting her, you started feeling okay about holding these kinds of boundaries. Yeah. Whereas with other boundaries, you didn't because yeah. we weren't really aligned. In I that. had more confidence. Yeah. So sure. the more we were aligned, the more mm-hmm. confidence you had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to learn more about how to do this and actually supercharge the bonding process between the kids and their step parent, go and check out episode nine, where we share a simple strategy that we used around all of this that really helped my daughter Annika to experience a steady flow of positive associations Mm. with Mike. And it was really impactful. Yeah, yeah. Go check that one out. Yeah, it's a great strategy. All right. Well, let's keep moving to our next strategy for couples to practice behind closed doors. And it's really all about how we communicate with each other when things aren't going well, or we've got some concerns. Maybe we're disagreeing about some stuff, especially around parenting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, some couples will tend to avoid the issues and hope that everything just kind of works out in the end. But we've found that avoiding is ultimately going to make things worse. And we've discovered that it's much more productive and healthy to engage in open communication if we want to work through things and keep resentment and frustration from building up. That means we've got to take this strategy seriously and we call it connecting in conflict. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it is possible for us to connect even when we're in conflict. Now, if you're experiencing a parent-child allegiance, we want to encourage you to face it now and don't avoid the issue, even if it's painful and hard to talk about. Parent-child allegiances will gain more and more momentum and strengthen over time, and that makes it harder to resolve and rebalance the relationships the way you really want to. The sooner you deal with this, the easier it's going to be for everyone. So don't wait around for this to somehow fix itself because it's most likely not going to happen. Often step couples are compelled to avoid these things because they know it's going to spark conflict 
And if they haven't learned to connect in conflict, then avoidance seems to be the best option. But the faster you can learn and handle the conflict well and openly communicate, the better. We've been together 20 years almost, and we've spent too much time avoiding issues in an attempt to avoid conflict or, oh, yeah. or try to avoid the conflict. <laughs> doesn't work. But the truth was, it just got worse. Sure. And I know that our marriage really would not have made it if we hadn't figured out how to handle conflict well so we could work through the issues. Yeah, we had to. Now, back in episode 50, we talked about how to openly communicate what you really want. And that was about the benefit of assertive communication rather than passive or aggressive or passive aggressive communication. You might want to go back and take a listen to that if you're struggling to talk about what's important to you, or maybe you're just really feeling unheard by your partner right now. But that's not all it takes to learn how to connect in conflict. A little more than a year ago, we added a whole new segment to our couples coaching program after we discovered a simple but powerful tool that's all about connecting in conflict. It's called Relate Strong. And we'll go ahead and put a link to in the show notes. If you're interested in finding out more, you can schedule a, a free coaching session with us mm-hmm. and we'll uh, hop on the phone and we'll talk about it. Now, we're not going to get into all the nuts and bolts about Relate Strong in this episode. So we're just going to touch on a few tips that are actually in addition to this around communication when you're struggling with this parent-child allegiance. Mm -hmm. The the first one is we want to work behind closed doors. Essentially, don't talk about the kids in front of the kids. They need to see you building unity as a team and trying to negotiate a decision about them in front of them really doesn't help. The kids are going to typically align with their bio parent and they might even try to insert themselves into the conversation, which creates a power struggle because they just want what they want. You guys need to figure (laughs) out what's right and what's best. This is going to drive a wedge often between the two of you if the child jumps into the conversation. So make your decisions behind closed doors and then communicate those decisions to the kids in an appropriate manner. Now, when you have a concern or you're upset with how something is being handled, be patient and wait for the appropriate time to address the issue. Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) This is huge. All right. So I, I may have told this story before on the podcast. I don't actually remember if we've told it here before, but... You know, there was a time, I remember a specific time where we Mm -hmm. were working on, uh, we were living in a house. We didn't have a dishwasher. It was our first house together. And so we had a pretty regular routine every night of washing the dishes together. Mm-hmm. And we're standing at the sink, washing the dishes. And Kim asked Annika, hey, w- would you help clear the table? Right. And Annika threw the biggest fit. I think she was six, six and a half yeah. years old, something like that. She just refused. She just did not want to do anything. She's, I think there were tears and wailing and gnashing of teeth <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> the and usual at yeah, that point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the whole thing was kind of left unchecked. Mm-hmm. Here's Annika throwing a fit, not responding to a direct request from Kim, being very disrespectful. And I'm standing there at the, at the sink, just irate. And in that moment, right in the moment mm-hmm. of tension, I leaned over to Kim and whispered, are you going to do something about that? <laughs> not good. It was not the time to call out her, you know, struggle with holding the boundaries with Annika. So we've got to be really aware of the appropriate time. And and the truth is the heat of the moment and in front of the kids is usually not the best time. We need to have the patience to wait 
and choose a better time when the stress of the situation has calmed down before you start voicing your concerns. It could be an hour or it could be a day later, but jumping into a stressful moment to insert your comments or critique what's going on, it's only going to escalate things and it's really going to sabotage your unity. So how you approach the issue is equally important, right? One effective way is to begin with what we call a win conversation. So maybe it's an hour later, maybe it's a day later, and we've decided, you know what? The stress has calmed down. Yeah. Now it's time to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have this win conversation. So instead of saying anything to your spouse about, you know, you you should have jumped in that on that. Yeah, Kim. Why didn't you? Well, why didn't you do anything when she threw a fit? Right. That's just that's a, yeah. kind of our tendency to yeah. jump in that Very way. Critical. But instead, we can jump in with a more curious mindset and find out where they're at before we offer our own opinions. And by using this approach, it helps the other person to explore ways that might they might be able to do something yeah, different next yeah. time. So the WIN conversation, we've talked about it a little bit before, but it's an acronym. W is for what did you do well? So W is for well. Uh, if you had a do-over, what would you improve? So I is for improve. And then what might you do next time you're facing a similar situation? So N is for the next time. You're you're thinking about what you'll do differently as you move forward. What specific insights or skills or strategies might you use when you're faced with that same situation? How can we best support each other in Mm -hmm. the middle of that? So a win conversation opens up communication in a way that isn't forceful. It's not critical. And once you've gotten curious about how they're feeling, your partner's feeling, and how they think things went, then you actually open up and you can even ask permission to offer your own ideas, right? right? That was one thing that was really powerful mm-hmm. I discovered with Kim is every time I asked permission to share, Kim was much more open to receiving what I had to say. Yeah, it's a much more respectful way to mm-hmm. approach your spouse with your mm-hmm. concerns and your opinions about a situation is to ask mm-hmm. permission. Yeah. So it could be that, you know, if Annika threw a big fit because Kim decided to ask her about clearing the table, I could have waited till later that evening Mm -hmm. or maybe the next day sometime and said, hey, I noticed that last night we had this kind of run in with Annika about clearing the table. And in that situation, I'm wondering, what do you think was done really well, right? Notice sometimes I I don't even use the word you, but what was done really Mm. well, right? And let Kim identify what it is that she thinks went well. She might even go, you know what? Nothing went well. And she might might really open up that she's been beating herself up or whatever. And now you have a whole different conversation and you get to be encouraging. But she might say, well, you know, one thing I think that went well is you decided not to (laughs) jump in the middle of that. Okay, cool. So I could tell you were irritated that you held your time. Yeah. And that's great. That's that's a great thing. So then my next question would be, all right, well, if we had a do over, if we had to do something different, what do you think we could improve? Mm. Now Kim's in a mindset of going, well, it wasn't that great, but what, what might I do differently? What might be a minor improvement? And she could share whatever she thinks that might be. Right. And then, okay, well, you know, based on what we're talking about, what do you think we should do differently next time? Because right. this is probably going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And then we might decide, well, uh, 
I'm going to hold my ground or Kim needs uh, to take Kim's a parenting gonna... class. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've which done is, that too. Which yeah. is eventually what happened. <laughs> yes, that's right. So it, it can be used in a really powerful way simply to open up that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of that, if, you know, as a step parent, you still feel like you need to give some input. Now it's a great opportunity to say, hey, would it be okay if I just shared some of my perspective? Yeah. And now it, there, it's just so much more open. And we're communicating rather than jumping into conflict, even though maybe we're not seeing eye to eye. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, this is the same tool that we discussed back in episode 51, which was part of our Overcoming Discouragement series. For that purpose, we called it a debrief, this win conversation, which was really focused on when you review how you handle the conflict as a couple. Mm -hmm. But the win conversation can be used for all kinds of discussions with each other and even with the kids. So if you want to hear how to use it after you've experienced a setback Mm -hmm. in your blended family, you might want to go back and check out episode 51, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. Yeah. Now, one more thing about this. If you're the bio parent, and your spouse has initiated a win conversation with you, be open to accept their input and don't shut them out when they ask permission to share. Mm. As the step parent, they're probably feeling like that stranded stranger on the outside. Mm -hmm. So you'll want to let them in and make it safe for them to be heard. Mm -hmm. Give them a platform to share. Yeah. A step-parent's perspective can be really valuable for you. You know, Mike's insights around my daughter, it really helped me to move beyond my parental blind spots of permissiveness. Mm. And he became a great support person for me in becoming more authoritative in my parenting. He really helped me and partnered with me, especially around thinking up appropriate consequences. He's really good at that. (laughs) So bio parents, don't shut out your spouse. Put on your curiosity hat when they ask permission to share their concerns and ideas and try not to get defensive. Mm, I know it's hard. They're most likely coming from a really good place and they want good things for your kids and for your family. So don't shut them out. That's right. And if you're the step parent and you're thinking about this strategy, be mindful about when and how you're going to approach your spouse. It could be that they're feeling like that trapped teammate. They're stuck between you and the kids. Remember to have some empathy for that struggle and to be supportive. Don't push your way in or force your spouse to choose between you and the kids. We talked about this in the last episode, Mm -hmm. but really by starting that win conversation, you'll actually be setting the stage for unity and honoring your spouse as you really, your first step is just to listen and understand before you start offering your input. And when you do connect in conflict, You're going to do this, of course, behind closed doors, Mm. away from the kids. But when you have a parenting disagreement or a concern and the kids are around, choose to back up your spouse's decision in the moment, Mm. even if you don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Then do a debrief and talk about your concerns later, away from the kids, so you aren't undermining each other. That's right. Be very careful here, because this is especially important for the bio parent. Back up your spouse in front of the kids so they can see that you're a united front and you're supporting each other. 
Yeah, it's okay to say, you know, that was a real struggle for me, the way that you responded. Let's talk about how we can do that differently next time. Yeah, yeah. in front of the kids, support, support, support. Mm-hmm. When you hear something like that from your spouse and they're the bio parent, be ready to listen. There, mm-hmm. I didn't always handle those conversations very well when Kim was like, look, this isn't working for me. Um, mm-hmm. I had to put my listening ears on and I didn't always do that well. So I would I would encourage you to try and stay focused on listening when that yes. conversation gets kicked off. Yes, anyone can initiate a win conversation. Now, all of this is that we've just talked about is part of this connecting in conflict. In fact, maybe connecting in conflict right. is a whole episode in itself, <laughs> yeah. honestly. <laughs> Got to think about that. And, and if you want to supercharge your ability to do all this well, you might want to consider joining us for that Relate Strong coaching that I mentioned earlier. Uh, In just a few short weeks, we will equip you with two very specific and practical tools that will help you stay connected while you're working through your disagreements and to problem solve in an effective way that you've probably never tried before. I shamelessly ask you to come and connect with us and learn more about this. I think every couple, blended Mm. family, first family couples, every couple needs Mm -hmm. to learn these skills. They've they've radically changed our marriage Mm -hmm. and we're watching them change marriages each time we walk couples through it. So it's so great. So again, to find out more, Schedule a free 45-minute coaching call with us, and there's a link in the show notes for you to do that. Now, the final strategy is a specific message you want your kids to consistently hear from both of you, either directly or indirectly, and that's showing that you're completely committed Mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. This is about you continually revealing your commitment to each other and your devotion to making things work in your marriage. Right. So important. In Ron Deal's book, The Smart Step Family Marriage, there's a story about a woman named Paula. I thought it was so interesting. Paula and her husband have been remarried for 15 years, and listen to what she shares. We absolutely love our family now, but I must say it wasn't always much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us can relate Sound familiar, yeah. (laughs) Now, when Paula was asked to reflect back and describe when their family turned the corner towards peace and harmony, here's what she said. It was when all five of our children came to believe and accept that our marriage wasn't going away. Hmm. Once they finally accepted this, things got much better. Mm. So the key point is that children who witness their parents' obvious commitment to their new spouse understand that respecting their parent includes respecting their parents' marriage. Mm -hmm. Without a strong commitment from the biological parent, most children are really not motivated to accept the marriage, let alone respond well when you're rebalancing relationships and moving beyond a parent-child allegiance. Now, step family expert Ron Deal says, marital commitment is a significant first step toward providing a foundation for growth in the step family home, including managing the children. That's right. And when the kids see you becoming a united team around decisions that are being made, and when they witness you investing in your marriage, doing things like making date night a priority, and even when they see that you're investing in learning how to do blended family life well, these repeated messages will help the kids move towards some acceptance that, hey, this relationship isn't going away. 
So let the kids see you being affectionate. Let them see you serving each other. Let them hear you talk about your future together. All this really enforces the permanency of your marriage, and all of it's going to help rebalance these relationships as the marriage is gradually accepted and begins to get elevated in the eyes of the kids. It starts to reduce those stranded Mm -hmm. stranger trapped teammate feelings, and it starts to reduce the parent-child allegiance. Yes. Now, I also want to say, don't swing the pendulum all the way to the other side super quickly. Don't get a, don't hear us saying, well, you just need to say yes to your spouse all the time and no to the kids all the time. That's not what we're saying. In fact, we have several episodes that talk about the challenges of that. But what we're talking about really is just sharing that, hey, I'm in this for life. Regardless of of what we have going on, we're going to figure it out. We're making an investment. If you've got a book like The Smart Step Family Marriage, leave it out on the coffee table. (laughs) Let Let them see see that you're reading it. Let them know if you're uh, getting coaching or if you're in in counseling to try and save your marriage. Let them know that you're doing those things because they need to see that you're making that investment and that's going to help them. Yeah, it also gives them some stability. Yeah, if the kids don't witness your commitment or if they believe that your marriage is kind of on shaky ground, then they might actually start to kind of dig in on their perspectives deeper and hold the line on on their control, on their allegiance with the bio parent. They might resist changes that you attempt to make because they, they haven't really accepted your marriage as a permanent relationship or that you're a united front. Yeah, exactly. And, and right now, you know, there's a lot of kids who just don't want that to be a united front. Yeah. But the more we can reinforce the message in a loving and a peaceful way, the more that they can start to go, hey, I guess mom's in on this or Mm -hmm. "Ah, gosh, I I guess dad's really committed to this. Here's one more quote from Ron Deal from an article about these parent-child allegiances we've been talking about. He says, a strong marriage relationship contributes more significantly to the stability of the home than any other factor, including the children. That's really powerful. We'll link to Ron's insightful article. It's called Placing Your Spouse in the Front Seat of Your Heart. (laughs) Uh, It's a really good one. Okay, so those are your five strategies for building unity and reducing the negative impact of parent-child allegiances. Mm -hmm. First, you want to define your desired destinations together and create a code of conduct for your family that's based on your values and priorities. Mm. Then plan your response and be proactive in how you deliver parenting decisions to the kids. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to use a parenting pause (laughs) to create space for the two of you to make united decisions around parenting. That's right. And you want to learn to connect in conflict. Don't let avoidance rob you of resolving the parent-child allegiances that you might be experiencing. Mm. And finally, help the kids to accept the permanency of your marriage by communicating your complete commitment in both direct and indirect ways. You're united, and that needs to be obvious to everyone. All right, those are our five strategies Mm -hmm. (laughs) around helping you to practically reduce the parent-child allegiances. So that's going to wrap up this whole series, which was a long one. That was a a, a pretty deep dive. Hopefully you heard all of the uh, episodes in this series. And now, if you've been in the middle of a parent-child allegiance, sometimes there's some residual effect. Mm -hmm. And that is we hold on to some bitterness. Mm -hmm. We hold on to some resentments along the way. 
And there's another step beyond this to really helping you heal from Mm -hmm. some of what you've experienced. And it's all around forgiveness. And forgiveness is a hard thing. It's often misunderstood what forgiveness really is. And so next week, we're going to talk about forgiveness in a blended family. And I think it's going to be a really powerful episode for you. So we hope you join us back here next week. We're excited to be able to share Mm -hmm. about that with you. But for now, that makes this episode a wrap. Until next time.